Let's celebrate. It's a sports celebration time. All thanks to our friends at Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. The Aussies finally had a reason to celebrate at the ODI World Cup Friday night. Dave Warner, Mitch Marsh, their centuries, their partnership, the second highest ever at a World Cup. And this is how it unfolded. And that's a magnificent 21st one-day international century for David Warner. Put down early, but he's made the most of the opportunity that has been granted to him on one of the biggest stages. Nice placement. Wonderful placement. Now Mitchell Marsh celebrates as well. Only his second in ODIs. On his birthday, the best gift he could give to himself. So what a night it was. It was the second win, of course, that Australia had at the World Cup after beating Sri Lanka in the game before that, after losing their first two. A man who's been right across it is, as he is all things cricket, whether it's on Channel 7, uh, the WBBL, who will be front and centre of the Test Summer that's ahead, 11.70 on SEN in Sydney. You can hear him there as well. He's always very generous with his time. Is the former Aussie fast bowler, Trent Copeland. Hello, mate. Hello. How are we? Lots to talk about in the cricket world. There is. What's going on? I think we better start at the ODI World Cup. The tables have turned. Australia at two and two after a sluggish start. Should we be all chips in again, Trent, after the opening performance of Warner and Marsh? Or do we get a little worried about what happened after they departed? How did you see the performance against Pakistan? Well, I've got a couple of ways to answer this. Firstly, let's start with the positives. I think... Uh, I was watching that game the other night against Pakistan, thinking to myself, if we can get through Shaheen Afridi's opening spell, where he so often takes new ball wickets, I think we can really go a a distance towards winning this game and competing in this tournament. But what I was thinking then, sort of 10, 15 overs in, was my word, the bison and the bull are on as a partnership. (laughs) So, um, you know, if those two play anywhere near their capabilities, as we saw the other night, we can beat anyone. That's the short answer. Uh, Adam Zampa, uh, I guess, is another key cog in that. Him being fully healthy, no back issues, no sickness, taking four wickets, that's also important. My concern, and maybe on the negative, is how bloody good India look. Mm. And Virat Kohli in particular, playing at home in this rich vein of form, uh, we saw last night up against New Zealand, that bowling unit followed up by Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli in the form that they're in. That's what concerns me. I think Australia on their best day can beat most teams. India in this form, in their own conditions, on their best day, no one goes close, I don't think. So I'm optimistic, but uh, we've certainly got some work to do. Does the pressure of it being a home World Cup add a bit more weight to India? They last won in 2011, I reckon it was. They've been knocked out in the semis in the two since. But you, you just got that feel with Virat, don't you, that he's taking this personally. This he feel it, It's set up for, to be on him. And I think it's, you know, no matter where he is with the rest of his career, that this, I think for him, is a defining moment in it. Yeah, and to be honest, everything, any cricket lover will have really thoroughly enjoyed watching Virat go about his work, uh, particularly in Australia against Australia. The steely determination, the ultra-competitiveness that you see on his face, and you look at, uh, and you mentioned playing at home and the, the weight that that carries, you're thinking, you know, the Women's World Cup that we just saw with the Matildas, the whole nation is on the shoulders of this team. Mm. 
that's Virat's everyday life. Yes. <laughs> being honest, you know, think of uh, both he and Sachin Tendulkar for the context. They need to be ushered into supermarkets in the middle of the night with security so that, and they specially open just for them so that they can get their shopping done in peace. You know, that's their everyday life. Yep. It's the significance of playing at home. For someone like Virat, I think he grows another leg. This is what he lives for. Uh, and the, the pressure is there every day for him. So it's, it's going to be a huge challenge. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be thrilling to watch. Is there a weakness to India? Before we move back to Australia, is there a weakness? Uh, if I'm being honest, I think it's probably their middle order if Virat misses out. And, you know, Shreya Sayer and a few others in their middle order um, maybe haven't done things to the calibre that Virat Kohli and uh, numerous others have. KL Rahul's now established. But that's where I think our opening is. If we can get new ball wickets on the back of our quicks, and let Adam Zampa go to work through that middle order, that's where our chance lies because I think their bowling unit is, you know, next level good um, and it's going to be tough to stop them otherwise. Question for you, Trent Copeland, which is how interviews go, I know, but I want to get your opinion here. Uh, Tim Payne believes that after that century from Dave Warner, I think he's got the top three one-day international scores for Australia in, uh, in, uh, in that format. Along with the T20s, is David Warner, because he is in Tim Payne's mind, the best Australian white ball batter of all time? I would say there is zero doubt that that is the case. Zero doubt. There you go. Yeah. And you know what? It speaks to eras and the modern game. You know, a lot of the guys that you would class as the best ever in white ball cricket, you're talking your Michael Bevins of the world in terms of... uh, you know, how classy they were, Aaron mm. Finch, numerous others. Um, Finchy, not so much. But the Bevan era, they just didn't get a chance to play T20 cricket. So w- when you're encompassing both of 50 over and T20 formats, Davies' numbers are incredible. And I think public perception maybe in the last couple of years on form has really dipped in the, the narrative around what he has done in his career. But in terms of how he is viewed around the world, what he has achieved and his record, mate, look at the numbers. In T20 cricket, it is ridiculous. Yeah, you know, in a world where not many strike at 150, and when you do strike at 150, averaging around the 40 mark or above in T20 cricket, just genuinely ridiculous numbers. So, I mean, hopefully we've struck gold with Davey hitting form at the right time and we can win a World Cup on the back of it. You know him... Better than most. He's a good mate of yours. Did you still think that he had that kind of innings in him? It felt like at the Boxing Day test, that was his last big fight that he had in him. And and maybe it was just going to come to a, a conclusion, maybe peter out. But that is as emphatic an innings. Did you still think he had that in him? To be honest, I don't ever doubt anything with Davey. You know, mm. on the back of that, Ashes, the first, you know, not the most recent one, but the one before that where... It, Stuart Broad had peppered him. He'd come home you know, with a really disappointing Ashes to her by his own account. Um, walks into a Sheffield Shield game in Brisbane and we're all thinking to ourselves, well, I wonder what Davey will be like or what Davey will turn up. Uh, it was nothing but belief. Different conditions, mate. I'm in Australia. There's no one getting me out here. You know, there, <laughs> there's this ability to distance himself from public perception and performance and just go out and be the bull. Yeah. So, you know, to his detriment at times, you know, there's been times where he hasn't aimed up. But watching him hit Harris Ralph 
a little scoop over short fine leg that goes out of the stadium at 150 k's an hour the other night, I've got no doubt we might see another one of those before the end of the tournament. Hopefully in a World Cup final. That'd be nice. We play the Netherlands on Wednesday. It's Travis Head being selected. If you're Andrew McDonald, does he come in? I think he does if he's fit, yeah. The body of work that he's put in is far too good to ignore. And it'll be a tough decision, but I think Mitch Marsh is our number three in white ball cricket for the next five years, is, is my opinion. So it's not a, hey, Mitch, you've got to move to accommodate this. This was your long-term spot, but hey, it's got to change. I think the long-term plan was number three for Mitch Marsh, and he's really well suited to it uh, and going to do a bloody good job of it. So, look, I think it's it's going to be a tough call on who they then leave out. Is it an all-rounder? Is it someone like Marnus, who has scored a few runs in the tournament, um, but wasn't in the original squad? So that's the decision that's there for the selectors. But I think you're going to see Warner, Head, Marsh as the top three. Well, he came in at seven, Marnus. So who makes way, Trent Copeland, if Travis Head's to come straight back in? Oh, yeah, that's a tough call. I think it's going to be condition. Look, I'm, I'm not trying to sit on the fence, but genuinely, conditions-based, match-up-based selection, and it may be different each game. We may not have a best 11 that is just our best 11 regardless, um, which is a good problem to have at times, and you're really relying on people to be comfortable in their own skin and communication from guys like Ronnie McDonald and George Bailey being you know top-notch to make people understand, buy in, move forward, and uh, ultimately... Yeah, win for Australia. WBBL, you've been in action for, is what happened with Grace Harris, not just the century that she scored, which is a record-breaking one for the Brisbane Heat in their win over the Scorchers, but the six with the broken bat, you were there, you saw it. I mean, that stacks up with any cricket highlight I've seen. (laughs) How did you take it all in? It went viral yesterday, and I was in the box with Andy Marr and Kirby Short at the time calling the game, and... uh, yeah, we were hearing on the stump mic and saw Grace gesture over to the sideline to her teammates. And you could hear over the stump mic, my bat's broken, I'm going to need another one. And then they were sort of looking around in the dugout with no answers. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll just do it at the end of the over. So if you haven't heard it or seen it, get online and, and seek out the clip because she ends up just saying, ah, oh, stuff it. I'll bat on, I've got a broken handle. I'll just, I'll hit it anyway. Next ball, would you believe it, she hits a six. The bat snaps in half. I could barely hit a six at the best of times with a good bat, let alone <laughs> with a broken one. So, Grace Harris, she's a beauty. And, you know, record-breaking innings yesterday. It's the start of the WBBL. We've seen some wild matches, some unbelievable finishes and record-breaking scores. The, the game just continues to progress. Yeah, couldn't have asked for a better start of the season. And great to hear you in commentary with Channel 7 as well. Trent, you're always so generous with your time, mate. We greatly appreciate you making yourself available again, and we'll look forward to chatting to you over the summer of cricket as it unfolds. Easy. Plenty of cricket to talk about. Go well.